Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihudah, amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, we continue with the explanation of Al-Ha'iyya, which is a, one of the great books of Aqidah written in the poem form. And last week, we began speaking about the section of the book where the great Imam Rahimahullah discusses the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. And there is no doubt that the Qadr and the belief in the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal is one of the pillars of Iman and that makes it from the great topics of Aqidah. And we mentioned last week that the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal has four stages which we will be discussing in detail, insha'Allah. Question is, who can remind us of the four stages of Allah's Qadr? Does anyone remember? Ahmad. Excellent. So the first stage of Allah's Qadr is that Allah had knowledge of everything at all times. Allah always knew everything. Excellent. After Allah Azza wa Jal knowing everything, He then wrote it. And as Ahmad mentioned, He wrote it on the preserved tablet, which is the Lawh al-Mahfuz in the heavens. So Allah knew everything. Then he wrote everything that's going to happen. And then the third stage of the Qadr is his Mashi'ah. Excellent. He willed for it to happen. He wills for things to happen. And that's the third stage. And the fourth and final stage is the creation. He creates it. Ahsant Ahmad. Excellent. So these are the four stages of the Qadr and that's how Allah's Qadr works. First he knew everything, then he wrote it, then he willed it, then he creates it. This is how the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal is. And the Shaykh Hafizahullah, he says regarding the first level is the belief that Allah Azza wa Jal knows what was and what will be. And we touched up on this. Allah knows the past, He knows the present, and He knows the future. Allah knows everything. With His eternal knowledge, which He is described with always and forever. Allah has always been alim, knowledgeable. It's not something that He... And it's not something that He adopted. Allah always had knowledge of everything. This is our aqidah. And there's many ayat and ahadith that support this. Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا هُوَ And with him, meaning with Allah, are the keys of the unseen. None knows them except him. So Allah knows the unseen. 
And he knows everything that was And he knows everything that will be And Allah Azza wa Jal says أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ Do you not see or do you not know That Allah Azza wa Jal knows Everything that is in the heavens and In the earth And Allah Azza wa Jal He says يَعْلَمُ مَا يُسِرُّونَ وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ He knows what they conceal and what they reveal Allah's knowledge is unlimited He even knows what is deep within the heart What's deep within the heart? Allah Azza wa Jal knows it So Allah Azza wa Jal's knowledge encompasses all that was And all that will be And it includes knowledge of that which does not exist And how it would be if it existed We spoke about this last week Allah knows what does not exist If it existed How it would exist And all of this is included in Allah Azza wa Jal's knowledge Which encompasses everything The past, the present and the future The second level is that you believe and have iman that Allah wrote down everything in the lawh al-mahfuz, in the preserved tablet. And the preserved tablet is a created tablet, which no one knows its modality and its vastness except Allah. Only Allah knows how great this preserved tablet, the lawh al-mahfuz is. The fact that it has everything written on it to be decreed, is an indication of how great it is. It must be very great. And this lawh al-mahfuz, as Allah says, no one touches it except the pure, meaning the malaika. The angels are the only ones that are able to touch this preserved tablet that Allah Azza wa Jal created. And in the hadith, the first thing which Allah Azza wa Jal created is the pen And he said to it, write So then it replied, what should I write? He said, write whatever shall take place until the day of resurrection Ya Ammi, what's this truck reversing here? Hasbi Allahu na'mal wakil so he said, what should I write? The pen said, what should I write? And then Allah Azza wa Jal replied, write whatever shall take place until the day of resurrection. So the pen, it wrote everything that will happen. It was ordered by Allah to write everything that will occur until the day of judgment. And in another narration, Allah ordained the measures of quality of the creation 50,000 years before he created the heavens and the earth. 50,000 years before he created the heavens and the earth, Allah decreed what is going to happen. And his throne was upon the map, the water. And that's the khilaf between the scholars. Which was created first, the pen or the throne? And Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he mentioned in one of his poems 
He said, and the people differ concerning the pen which wrote the Qadr from Ad-Dayyan, which is the judge Allah. Did it exist before the throne or was it after the throne? He says there are two positions reported from Abu Ala al-Hamdani and that which is correct is that the throne was before the pen. This is what many of the scholars of Ahl sunnah wal-Jama'ah have concluded that the throne was created before the pen. And the Sheikh goes into detail regarding this which the brothers and the sisters, if they want to increase in studying, they can increase throughout the book. The third level is Allah's Mashi'ah, His will. That's the third level of the Qadr, that Allah Azza wa Jal wills everything. And everything that takes place occurs with Allah's will and His irada, His want for it to happen. Thus, there is nothing in his dominion that he does not will or want to be. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ He is the doer of whatever he intends. And that's only Allah. Allah is the only one that can do whatever he intends. You as the creation, you might intend something, but you can't do it. Because you have a limit. And you have weakness. But Allah Azza wa Jal, فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ He does whatever he intends. Because nothing can stop Allah. Or prevent Allah, or stand in Allah's way. Nothing. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ Allah does what He wills. Even regarding our will. When we intend to do something, Allah says, وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَن يَشَاءُ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah Azza wa Jal says, And you cannot will something unless it is by Allah's will. So even our will is connected to Allah's will. We cannot will anything to happen unless Allah wills for it to happen. So everything that happens, Allah willed it and wanted it to happen. And He created it after having knowledge of it and writing it in the Lawh al-Mahfuz. The fourth level is the creating. And that's the last stage of the Qadr, where Allah creates what He decrees. And He allows it to happen. Because Allah is the originator of everything. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, Allahu khaliqu kulli shay, wa huwa ala kulli shay'in wakil. Allah is the creator of everything. Kulla shay means everything, there's no exception. Everything is created by Allah Azza wa Jal. Everything is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even your actions, the actions that you perform, Allah created it. This is our aqidah. And Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, he wrote an entire book 
on this topic, which he called Khalq Af'alul Ibad, the creating of the servant's actions. So even our actions are created by Allah. And what's the dalil? Allah says, Wallahu khalaqakum wa ma ta'amaloon. Allah created you and what you do. Clear proof. But what we always remind our brothers and sisters is just because Allah created us and our actions, it does not deny the fact that we have free will. We still have the choice in choosing our path. We have the choice in the actions that we perform. Okay? But whatever choice we make, Allah has created it. Allah Azza wa Jal is the creator of everything. So these are the four levels of the Qadr. Allah has knowledge of everything, then he wrote it, then he willed it, then he created it. Try to always remember this. And this will give you the understanding of how the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal works. We now move on, my brothers and sisters, to those who are in opposition to the correct aqidah regarding the Qadr. Those who deviated regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. Last week we touched up on them very briefly. And we mentioned that they are two sects in particular. Who can remember their names? Ahsant, the Qadariya and the Jabariya. The Qadariya and the Jabariya are the two deviant sects who came out regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. They deviated. The first of those groups is the Qadariya. The Qadariya are the ones who deny the Qadr of Allah. The Qadariya are the ones who deny Allah Azza wa Jal's Qadr. And they have been named the Qadariya. And remember something my dear brothers. Every deviant sect always had a head. A leader. So the Qadariya had a leader. So there was always one person who made that corrupted belief and then people followed him until they became a sect. Like the Shia, the Rafidah, their head was Abdullah ibn Sabah, the Jew from Yemen. He was the head. And so forth. The Qadariya have a head also. And the first person to speak about the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal in this way were two in particular, Amr ibn Ubaid and Wasil ibn Ata'. And these two men, they were from the Mu'tazila. The Mu'tazila are another deviated sect. Sects came out for different beliefs. The Qadariya were a sect or a belief related to Qadr. The Mu'tazila were a whole entire sect. And the Mu'tazila had the belief of the Qadariya. The Mu'tazila in Qadr 
had the belief of the Qadariya. Because the first people to become Qadariya were from the Mu'tazila. This man, Wasil ibn Ata'. So Wasil ibn Ata' was from the Mu'tazila. And the name Mu'tazila, my brothers and sisters, comes from the word I'tizal. The name Mu'tazila comes from the word I'tizal. And the word I'tizal means to seclude or to avoid. And they were given this name because this man, Wasil ibn Ata' was the first person to speak of the Qadr in that way. Wasil ibn Ata' he was sitting in the gathering of the great Imam Al-Hasan al-Basri Rahimahullah Al-Hasan al-Basri was the great Imam and he was sitting down giving a lecture and Wasil ibn Ata' was in that gathering so Wasil ibn Ata' asked Al-Hasan al-Basri a question about the Muslim who dies on a major sin what is his position in the next life because the Khawarij believe that the Muslim that dies on a major sin is a kafir he's no longer a Muslim that's what the Khawarij believe Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah they say a Muslim that dies on a major sin is under Allah's Mashia. He's under Allah's will. If Allah wants to forgive him, he'll forgive him. If he wants to punish him, he'll punish him. But if he punishes him, he'll still enter Jannah after it because he's a Muslim. That's the belief of Ahl Sunnah. So Wasil ibn Ata' he asked Al Hassan al Basri about this. What happens to a Muslim that dies on a major sin? So Imam al Hassan al Basri answered according to Ahl Sunnah. So then Wasil ibn Ata' did not like the answer because the Mu'tazila, they came up with their own belief. And they said that if a person dies on a major sin, he's in a manzila bayna manzilatayn, which means a position between two positions. So what they said was, if he dies on a major sin, he's neither a Muslim or a kafir, but in the next life, he's in hellfire forever. So it's like they agreed with the Khawarij that he's in hellfire forever, but in the dunya, they just didn't call him a kafir. They said he's a position between two positions. And that's an innovation that they came up with. What's his position? You're either a Muslim or a kafir. They said, no. If a Muslim dies on a major sin, he's in a position between two positions. So this man Wasil, when he didn't like the answer from Al-Hasan al-Basri, he got up and he walked away and he went and sat by himself. So what did he do? He secluded himself from that gathering. And that action is called I'tizal, when you seclude yourself. And that's where their name Mu'tazila came from. Understood? That's where the name Mu'tazila came from. So the Mu'tazila were the first people 
to become the Qadariya. Or the Qadariya came from the Mu'tazila. From this man, Wasil ibn Ata'. And they denied Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Qadr. They said that the servant is the creator of his own actions. That is what the Qadariya said. We just spoke about Ahlul Sunnah, Imam al-Bukhari, he wrote a book. All our great Imams, what do they say? Allah is the creator of everything, including your actions. The Qadariya came and said, no. Allah did not create your actions, but rather you create your actions. This is their kufr and their disbelief. So according to them, the servant is the one who creates his actions without any connection to Allah's will or his one. So in reality, what are the Qadariya saying? There's two creators. Because they said Allah created everything except our actions and we created our actions. So they've now made two creators. Yeah? And that's why the Imams of Ahlul Sunnah, they called the Qadariya the Majus. Have you heard this word Majus? The Majus means the fire worshippers. There's a religion in Persia, in Iran, that existed back in the day. They used to worship fire. They're called Majus. Okay, why do our scholars call the Qadariya the Majus of this nation? Very simple. Because the Majus believe in two creators. The Majus, they believe in two creators. They believe in light and they believe in darkness. They believe light creates good. And darkness creates evil. The Qadariya said what? Allah is the creator and we create our actions. So the Majus have two creators and the Qadariya have made two creators. So the Imams call the Qadariya the Majus of this Ummah. Is that understood? Why do the Qadariya say that we create our own actions? Because they could not comprehend that Allah creates our actions since we do things that are not good. So they came up with this misconception and they said, we cannot say Allah creates the actions of the servants because the servants sometimes commit actions that are not good. Ahlul Sunnah answers them through the Quran and the Sunnah to show that even though Allah created everything, including our actions, he still put within us free will to choose our path. And that's the difference between Ahlul Sunnah and the Qadariya. The second group are the Jabariya, and inshallah the Jabariya, we will speak about them in our next lesson. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala, wallahu a'lam, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabina Muhammad. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.